Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. We're going to review Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse for you today. Can it do whatever a sequel can? We'll find out. <laughs> my name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Straight into it then for, as Wayne has said, this sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, which was released in 2018, one of the most widely lauded and critically re- well-received animated films of all time, Huge. superhero films of all time, Huge. and a big favorite around these parts, if I may be so bold. This one is directed by Yaquim Dos Santos. <laughs> Got one there. <laughs> Kemp Powers and Justin K. Thompson, written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callahan. And it's produced by Avi Arad, Amy Pascal, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Christina Stein- Steinberg. Yeah. Stars Shamik Moore, Hailey Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Daniel Kalua, and Oscar Isaac. It runs for 140 minutes and has taken thus far 70 million off the first day around the world. Wayne, what do you think the budget was for this film? For once, I think I kind of know because I think I heard it somewhere. Oh, okay. But I thought it was low. 100 mil? Yeah, it is 100 mil. Spot on. Yeah. I think that is... I thought that was that really low. Me that it is that low given what is on screen here. Wayne, over to you. What is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse about? Well, uh, carrying on about a year and a half from the original series, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse finds Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy happening upon an entire multiverse of different Spider-Men where they find... Spider-Men? Spider-Men. Spider-Peoples. Spider-Peoples, right? Uh, where they find that the entire universe spider of spider-esque people... <laughs> Spider-beings. Um, oh, yeah. They are all connected uh, via the... Well, it's the Spider-Verse, but they have a really long name for it in the show. And in doing so, they go through and find out how each Spider-Verse affects each element of reality and their own reality. To say any more would be a little spoilery, I would say. It would absolutely be. That's a very fair call. The critical response thus far, then, on Rotten Tomatoes, this one has a positive approval rating of 95% off 246 (laughs) critics with an average score of 8.7 out of 10. Metacritic has it as the... Exact same score of 87 out of 100 based on 56 critics indicating universal acclaim. And of course, on the cinema score A plus 2 F scale, this one comes in at a lowly A overall. A overall, yeah, <laughs> for this show. So there you go. That is what the critics have thought. What about these particular critics, Wayne? What are your initial thoughts? Non-spoilers to begin in case anyone wants to know whether they should charge out to the cinemas to see across the Spider-Verse. What do you think of this one? Right up. Well... The first oh, actually, one. Actually, can I interrupt? Yes, I do apologize profusely with massive thanks to Kathy Sharp and Sony Pictures. Oh, Kathy Sharp and Sony for giving for us the advanced screening. Advanced screening, which was a, a heck of a show. And Huge. See, very, very close at the front we were with some wonderful reclining chairs in the front three rows of the cinema. So, uh, big props. Thank you. And there were Spider Man people dressed up. There were Spider People <laughs> jumping around and, and the like. So, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Here's the thing about sequels, everyone. I'm sure we're all aware of this, right? Like, the first one for this was such lightning in a bottle. No one expected it to be as good as it was. And then it turned out to be, like, one of the best things ever. So celebrated, so awesome, so note perfect, and so, like, blindingly just eye-poppingly beautiful. Yep. You go to a sequel, it's like, how could it possibly be that good? Yep. And I, having watched this one, I am like, all right, so I'm nervous about whether it's going to be good or not, but let's just fall back into it. And what I think a good sequel does is it that it, uh, it emulates the best things about the first one, but but builds upon yes. the foundation of that to show you something new but familiar, which is a very tall order. 
I think, you know? And this one right here, I initially I'm like, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? What, I'm really in my own head about it. And I went away and thought about it for a day and I decided they knocked it out of the fucking park, Paul. Mm. They just like, this thing here is so, the, first of all, like, uh, you know, me, I'm going to be, okay, let's talk about the visuals. Visually, it's actually not the same as the original one, in my opinion. Yeah. What you had in the original one was like elements and kind of ideas where you're emulating comics and the little dot sort of like colors and things like that. And then you're just jerking and you're going back and forth between different styles and it's mind-blowingly beautiful. Right here, what I'm finding is that because we're dealing with multiple universes, each universe has its own style. And sometimes yes. the style is subtly different. For example, Gwen Stacy's universe is full of watercolor pastels. Almost impressionistic, but not. Miles is more the like like the original one with the low. They all has a low frame rate, which is really beautiful, mm -hmm. right? And then you got another style, which is completely different, like pop art, and another style, another universe, and, and so on and so on and so on. I'm really glad you can speak to some of the more artistic side of it because all yeah. I know is that looks great, that looks great, that looks different, that looks different. But so. <laughs> but that's it though, right? I mean, like the, the having like one Liechtenstein kind of like thing, and then another one being like almost like you know whatever. Keep, keep saying the words. So, <laughs> so that itself is great. And what I noticed about like some, particularly the Gwen Stacy world, is that because they had such, um, it's almost surreal some of the scenes because they completely wash away the background in certain scenes in the middle of a scene where it's just streaks yep. of color mm -hmm. and when like it might be and it typically uh, it pertains to the actual scene itself like if it's a if it's a dour scene there are muted sort of dark colors but then she'll go give her father a hug and that part of the scene will turn hot pink but beautiful so uh, in terms of like the execution couldn't fault it came in my pants no yep. question all right. right but you had to think about it you're saying so. Yeah, I'll that, tell you, you why. Know, a little bit in your head. Can you talk with again without spoilers? Yeah, I think I can. We'll talk about this in spoilers, but I think I could say this, right? Like, surprisingly, the movie doesn't open on Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. You know, and the way that they handled that with the Gwen Stacy character, and she's drumming, and she's yep. sort of like she's telling Give her voice a, re a recap of yeah. the first film. I was looking at it, going, "Oh, that's cool." Just the and then she's like, "And this happened, and this happened," and then you kind of find out about her, which is amazing. And I'm like, "Okay, this whole first act, he does a little web slinging, but really, it's about deeply personal kind of family dynamics and stuff like that." And I think that's what when you're looking at the other thing about any movie, superhero movies in particular, is that like. If you answer the question, like, how engaging are the characters and the story when you take the costumes away? That's what makes the superhero movie great as opposed to good. I think this is what happened with Iron Man. Iron Man was an amazing, likely, fun, it's just a great story about Tony Stark. And the Iron Man outfit was sort of incidental. It's on top of it. Right over here, we're getting like, yeah, you're looking at like all of the, the, the struggles that Miles is going through, Gwen's going through, what they're doing, how they have to handle being in the spot they're in. And then the, the, the spectacle and the, and the costumes and stuff. That's a definitely a huge element of it, but it could almost be a good movie without it. Do you know what I mean? Or it could be a good movie almost without it. I, I know where you're kind of coming from. I don't think the film works without that for various reasons, but... Yeah. As a Spider-Man movie, no. But like, you know... But I you mean, didn't explain why you're in your head about it. Why you were oh, uncertain as to your... Because it was different enough. It, and this is a good thing, ultimately, which is what I had to decide upon. But I was like... Has it has it done like you were so blown away by the first one at every single frame, and I was about this one too. But because it looked different to my eye, mm. I was like, "Did it get? Is it as good as the other one in terms of that?" The answer is yes, but I had to come to it because I was getting used to the fact that they're doing something different. 
and and it's different good because there's different bad and different good. This is definitely different good. Like even the way that they're drawing the characters in some areas, it's like washed out, but it's done so in a stylistic manner that's cool. But it was starkly different enough to make me go, "Do I like that or not?" And that's what I do whenever I look at art. Okay. Do I like that or not? So that's what it was. Well, this film was my most anticipated film of the year, big time, which Paul then crapped. creates some expectations. Huge. That's why it's say. a problem. And I went into this one still being very open-minded, very hopeful, but aware of the fact that I was really, really wanting this to be an amazing film. So I am very pleased to report. I thought about ways of bearing the lead, but I'm very pleased to report it met my expectations. It did, right? It did. I had a shit-eating grin on my face by this film. I think it, beyond all the things Wayne said about how beautiful it is, mm. I think it's incredibly good at making this connection with the people that are viewing this at multiple different levels. Miles Morales is just one of the most king dick, amazing protagonists ever. He is so relatable, I think, to every young person. That's why it and is. every person who used to be young at one stage or another and that struggles to become your own person whilst being guided by your parents and, you know, having to kind of break away from them whilst, you know, respecting them is... is really all there on the screen. The relationship between parents and, and their kids is hugely amplified. Also, by a very smart decision that this film makes, which is to take it beyond, excuse the play on words because that's the next film mm-hmm. in, the se- in the series, but take it beyond Miles and really focus on Gwen as well. So much so, this almost becomes, this is a comparison I made in retrospectively thinking about the film. This is almost a little bit Mad Max Furiosa. Yep, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit about Furiosa slash Gwen Stacy as yeah. opposed to Miles. A little bit. And it's, and it's great. And it works. It, that expands, no pun intended, this world, this universe, so much more to get two sort of parallel stories. And it's almost as much Gwen Stacy's film as it is Miles Morales' now. So Exactly. And the... If I, if I could, please, my, please. I think their voice performances by Shamik Moore and, and Haley Steinfeld are, are phenomenal. That everyone, there's not a bad performance in this cast. No one did I go, ooh, what are they doing there? No. Everyone's nailing it. Then you've got the look of it. There are so many gorgeous shots. I'll just say it this way. Mm. There are a couple of scenes here where I feel like you could take a still of that, blow it up, and have it hanging on your wall. And it would be a centerpiece of. Not just that room, but maybe the house. It is so gorgeous. I agree 100%. It is so well put together. And then when I read this is made for $100 million, I cannot fucking believe it. When Fast X was made for $350 million. Well, look, I mean, there are no sets. There are no locations. There are no... Di- for but a, for these a, things are fucking drawn. Yeah, and the thing is, that's what animation is typically really expensive. Yes, and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought I was going to see it was $300 million. Well, you outsource it to um, China. <laughs> and, and it's kind of that's what the Simpsons. Well, whoever does. worked on this film, every single person who do did anything should be incredibly proud. It's the of art their director work. that does this because it ends up only being approved when he goes, "Okay, you may have had fourteen different animators work on these scenes, and you all have to collaborate in a way that makes it cohesive." But only I get to sign off that it looks good. Right. So it's actually those guys that actually do. But yeah, absolutely. It's it's and to, to take your point about that, any like, you could take a frame of this and stick it on your wall. I actually thought mm, maybe I should start drawing in color as a result of this wow, show. That's how much. So it's like amazing. The story is fantastic. We'll save that for spoilers, but the way it expands the world and builds on that first film, like you said, that then adds more to it. It's perfect. It's so entertaining. It's 140 minutes long. Did not feel the length in any way, shape, or form. I think I did a little bit, only because I was sitting there going, Where's, if, it, it was more that, hey, they haven't got enough time to wrap this up. If they're doing this, oh, my, oh it's going to be the sequel. Because I knew that, I guess I knew that there was going to be, but I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. And um, 
I don't think it's a spoiler to say this. No, 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 no. it is. Don't. Okay, okay, yeah. let's not say that. All right. Um, <laughs> we will in spoilers, but we'll discuss that. Right. Yeah. Okay. But to, just to loop back to my point, like you said about like you know the, the performances and so on, I think the best superhero films at their core are just gripping character pieces, and that's definitely what this is. So it's yeah. you're, you're just 100%. engaged. 100%. The action is phenomenal. The three Amazing. or four action scenes are just so well filmed and so... It's so many cuts, but they're so perfectly done that you can you, your mind can your brain can follow what's going on without question. There's despite the fact Which we're is the moving we're moving in three dimensional space. It's not just we're literally flipping the camera around and because mm-hmm. they're flying, they're thwapping through the air, they're swinging and whatever else, and yet you never get lost. And I just think that's a remarkable achievement as well. Hats off to the directors for that. Totally, and there's like many directors. Yeah, and it's funny. This film's probably not as funny as the first one, but that's okay. I don't need it to be funny. Yeah, I want to be no. thrilled. I want to be entertained. I want to be. I want to be stunned by what's on screen. Absolutely. And this film achieved all of those things. So. Totally. And I'll just say one more thing. The, the, usually, a movie like this could coast on pure Easter eggs, and there are billions of them here. Yes. Right? A, it doesn't. You could take them away, and it would be still be an amazing movie. And most of the Easter eggs don't make any sense to me because I'm not a comic book reader and I don't know any of these things, but I was still entertained and still delighted by some of the bits and pieces. Except, of course, that might be a spoiler. Okay, we'll get to it. So, look, overall, this is about as strong a recommendation as I can give for for the podcast on the non-spoiler side. If you are on the fence, should I see this one? The first one was good, but do I go to the cinema? Absolutely, please. Go to the cinema. No, you got to go to the cinema. See it on the biggest screen possible. In your area of the world, don't wait for digital download in two or three months' time, although I'm sure it will still play well at home and I will be owning this one on 4K. I can guarantee you that shit. One of the things, you said we were sitting out the front. I didn't mind doing that because some movies you want it to fall on your face, Mm. right? And I was quite happy to do that with this one. This is definitely one of those people. So go out and get get out and see it. Absolutely. Biggest screen possible. Best sound system possible. The soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. I forgot to say this. The sound, not the score, which is true. I'm fine. No, I'm the, okay. I'm the The, score. Okay, but the soundtrack is fucking great. It's almost, it's, it's kind of my kind of music, it's if you can believe that. It's also R&B. R&B-ish, but also a little poppy and like there's, there's scenes where there's just like the characters talking and they'll just play us and they'll drop a needle, right? And it's like, oh, I love this song. I'm going to look it up afterwards. It's fucking great. Whereas I was all about the score and Daniel Pemberton did this one as well as the first film and the one of the Miles Morales' sort of theme at the end of that film is one of my favourites in the last, since in the time of the podcast. He's done better work even in this one. It's incredible because they jump to a different world. They do mm. something. It's a completely different themes interspersed with that culture's kind of thing. It's wow. I'm thinking about seeing it again in the movies. Ooh, I, that's how I good think, this film is. I think that's going to happen because okay. I need to give it a few days, but then, yeah, absolutely. All right, then. There you are. So very high recommendation. Let's get into the rest of it on the other side of Jack. Jeez, I haven't even had to use this, the, the soundboard. This is amazing. Thankfully. <laughs> You can't handle the truth. And the truth is we've both been blown away by Across the Spider-Verse and we can't wait for you to see it. But if you've got this section of the podcast, you have seen it. Can't imagine you don't care. So, yeah, let's get into it, Wayne, in terms of the particulars. I love this concept of so many different worlds and so many different Spider-Verses. I get it. We've had multiverses aplenty, Doctor Strange and everything everywhere all at once and probably multitudes of others. But isn't this the most meaningful oh, one? This is by far the best. Because it's like they're all Spider-Men. They're all bound by tragedy. And they and not only that, it's as though being a Spider-Man person, right, is essential to the fabric of space-time. Yeah. The way that they do it. And it's like a web. It's got nodes and stuff like that, you know? And it's like, yeah, if we don't do this as a Spider-Man in that reality, shit turns to crap. I can't quite decide if this is meta-commentary or not, but the whole film is built on the principle of canon events must happen 
in order for the fabric of the universe to remain intact. Yes. And the canon events all revolve around Spider-Man. And I don't know whether that's because Spider-42 came through from Earth-42 and bit Peter, sorry, Miles in our world, in his world, sorry, 1610. Yeah. And then Peter Parker dies in his world, which is a point the film makes, which is kind of really shocking that, hey... If you hadn't become Spider-Man... That Spider-Man would have lived. That Spider-Man would have lived. It's because he saved you. Because you can't have two Spider-People living, which is interesting, Spider. Yes. So how did Gwen and... Like, anyway. Well, they're all... The will they won't there, Gwen and, Mar- and Miles is really cute and sweet. And I really like that yeah. back and forth. That's, that's awesome. But it kind of implies I can't possibly live in the same universe because one of them would have to die, which is, she says, doesn't work out well for Gwen Stacy to get involved with Spider- Spider-Man. That's true. Although the interesting thing, and let's like we'll just start with this, like that whole opening where you're hearing about basically the first not act for half twenty an minutes. Act, yeah, first twenty minutes is, is in Gwen's world. Is in Gwen's world, and I found it thrilling and compelling. I was sitting here, oh my god, so this happened? Oh, of course, her dad was the was, was, a, was a you know, a and she was always a great character anyway. But now she's an even better character. And then she that moment when the dad says, "You have the right to remain silent." So, oh my god, I was like, "Hey, you're not a real dad." There's no way anyone's arresting their own daughter. And, and Did he, to, does he really <laughs> believe she killed her best friend out of out of like that? Didn't really make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me, but that was definitely the catalyst to make her move into the Spider Verse. Yeah, which is them, why, well, which is why I get it. But like, if you look at the way that performance went, with that, he's like, he's shocked. He's like, you this, uh, and then he's like, almost as though a duty like protocol ran in his head and he's like you have the right to remain so I gotta bring her in I already told people that she's coming mm. I, I'm like no way you could have let her go away you could have said she fucking webbed your face or some shit well you could have just not said to anyone that you found oh did he go on well he said on the radio before right, she yeah, unmasked okay. herself so it's like um, yeah, but she yeah she got away again damn it but that's why, that's why like when she finally comes back to her universe and talks to her dad again she, he's like I quit. I when, quit. Did, when did you quit? About halfway through that great speech. Exactly. And that's the thing, because he, he should have come to that thing, like, fuck, I quit then. Uh, you know, like, I'm, I can't take my daughter in, right? Well, he should have said, tell me what happened. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what would any... Get away. I'll see you at home. Tell me what happened. Yeah, well, it's okay. We need, we need to talk. Yes. We're going to talk and we're going to find out what happened. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, of course. So I get it. It's necessary for the, the script and the plot and everything to evolve the way that it does. And then we get into the tiles and we back into Miles' world and, you know, he runs across a spot, which is, we didn't even talk about this in the non-spoiler section, but the spot is quite amusing. Jason Schwartzman plays him in. He is seemingly this innocuous villain who can just create holes in the fabric of space and time. And then through the course of the film, even though he does go missing for large chunks, I will acknowledge, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. It actually works in the film's favor. Keep going. Yeah. He becomes this great big nasty villain. And by the end, when he's threatening to kill Miles' dad, you believe that shit. He's going to do it. That is one of the great triumphs of the film. So you've got... Because the, the trailers would have you believe that, that Miguel O'Hara or whatever it is, is the, is the villain of the piece. The, that Spider-Man 2099, right? And yet he's, I don't think he's a villain at all. He's not. That's the thing. He isn't at all. He just looks imposing because he's yeah, beefcake. he's scary and he's, and he's, and he's, and he's yeah. not funny. And that, that is a great line of the film as well. We're meant to be funny, man. What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> that's good shit, right? So, But then you see, like, like you said, the spot turns up and he looks like a villain of the week. He looks like nothing. He's like, yep. oh, this is the well, background they, they make villain. that comment. They call him. Well, Miles calls him. You're like the villain of the week. Yeah, he's like nothing. And he's no, like, I'm your nemesis. Exactly. What? He looks like a sad-ass villain. But then... Uh, and you said he doesn't. He's absent for big parts of the film. That is good because otherwise he would take the focus away from our two protagonists, right? But but somehow you learn off almost like I want to say off camera, but it's on camera. But like you learn about him through other characters that he actually ends up being like he's he's creating dimensions. He can now move between them. He's actually far more powerful yeah. than some motherfucker with spots on his ass. Like that's <laughs> way cooler, right? And then you find out that yes, he's going to kill Captain. It's like fuck this, and not only that, 
him doing this shit actually fucks with the rest of the universes. He's now a very big villain. Yes. And it happened like beneath the under the table. You know, very cool. Yeah, it was it was a good great, writing. It was a great arc for his for his character. And yeah. And it plays back to it. I haven't gone back to watch into the Spider-Verse yet, though I shall. He says, Oh, oh I gotta go. You see threw that. the bagel and it hit me in the head. I want to see if that's in the I think it is. I think I have a vague memory of that actually playing out. The, the in, one, into the one of the few things I remember about that thing is remember that he throws the bagel and it yeah. hits the guy in the face, and he actually goes bagel. Right. So that's the, what yeah, he so says. It did happen. Yeah, he actually. The, but the sound effect was bagel. I was like, that is the funniest thing <laughs> I've heard in years. <laughs> he says it when he gets hit with a bagel. It's, it's funny, man. And I know it was throwaway, man. And so and and, and that's and the I thing I remember. That, so yeah. you know, clever shit here. That's very cool. I loved the move over into the Indian spider. So Mumbatten. <laughs> instead of instead of Mumbai slash Manhattan, Mumbatten. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I, I missed that, but that was cool because it's funny when you because you got the, the Indian Spider Man with his you know like, like, Indian going like oh the sexual tension here yeah. <laughs> and I didn't uh, and and apparently that is in fact a character um, right in, in the yeah, comics. Apparently, like, he gets his powers by magic, not by his radio spider oh, radioactive spider bite. Interesting, um, but that whole thing was very cool as well. That was right? great, and then. The and then of course we get Ho- Hoagie, Ho- yeah, Hoagie. I think his name is now. That itself, I'm looking at that one, and I gotta tell How you, are you cool under the mask when you've got it on. Yeah, it's cool all over, man. Yeah. So it's like, but you know what? That was cool about like, okay, so that Hoagie, he's a Spider Man who carries a guitar around. Hobie, Hopi, Hopi, Hobie, Hobie. Yeah, so he's this punk rock British Spider, right? Man. Now, um, an ex-girlfriend of mine used to be very much a punk rocker. She's from London. Well, she's from here, but she spent a lot of time in London. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that kind of thing. I was sitting to myself going, All right, I see, you know the animation style where he's got that sort of, I don't even know what that style <laughs> is called, right? But it's like, it's like, Almost like a co- collage happening on yes, screen. Yes, it seems like. exactly. It's very jagged and very on purpose, like sort of unput together. And I was sitting there going, I guess that works. I think that might have been one of my one of my potential reservations. I'm like, I guess that works. Well, he's because an anarchist and it goes against things. And yes, like- it, it thematically it's completely on point. I'm sitting there going, do I get that this works the way it does when you actually look at it on screen? I.e., how is he saving people when he only has like snippets of frames? But it does work, and I think the actual character itself is so cool because everyone likes the the rebel who's got a heart of gold, right? And he's like. He's like happy when things fuck up. Things fuck up. Yeah, respect. You yeah. know, kind of thing. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. So yes, and that um, plays out really nicely at the end of the film as well when he gives. And that's what I noticed. His watch. And yeah, his watch. And the note says, "In case we don't work out," which means she fucked him, Paul. Oh yeah. Well, that seems to be pretty heavily implied. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? But um, the uh, yeah, that's that's kind of cool though, right? So I don't know. And the fact that Miles never can actually be with her, because in her universe, this was cool. She was in love with a guy named Peter Parker who wasn't Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. In fact, he became the Green Goblin-esque. No, what, well, what, no, what's he, the... because he turned into like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, I, would... I thought he was like a lizard thing. Yeah, so I would... Green Goblin. What was he? Well, there's who's, a... who's the character from fucking the Andrew Garfield Spider uh, Rice fans? Uh, well, Rice fans. What's his? What's who was the villain? There's in that a one? Spider-Man villain called Stegosaurus. No, and I don't think I, it's him. I don't think it was him. Scorpion. No, um, he was in the Rhino. latest. He was in the latest No Way Home movie. Yeah, but what was he? I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's probably a version him. of that guy. I think it's him. Yeah. yeah, 
But then that's the thing, because it's a different universe, it's a whole different version of things that, but he turns himself in. So she's in love with Peter Parker in her universe, mm-hmm. and then she tends to fall in love with Spider-Man's in other universes, and the shit don't work Got out. Got a little bit confused at that point, because it's like, oh, if they become a captain, they die, but her dad was captain, and he didn't die. Is that, I guess that's because Peter Parker already died. That was a tragedy that, that set her off on no, her. No, she, well, when she came back to the well, thing, he quit. and he quit, he says, I'm no longer the captain. She goes, and that means, so I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I know, so it's weird, like, but hasn't she already suffered a loss? This is the thing. Uh, this is the well, thing. Well, right? then I guess Ben, Uncle Ben, dies in the Uncle- original, and then um, Gwen Stacy dies, right? So it, I guess so. Spider Man pays lots of lots yes. of prices, and he, that's, he he suffers. That's the whole. That's thing, the right? thing. Yeah. The basically this is so. This is the Empire Strikes Back of the season. It's going to be darker, and you understand. Well, well, it's what's darker, but no one dies. It's not like we lose anyone. That's right. And I knew that would bother you. So the no, no, it, doesn't <laughs> bother, it doesn't doesn't bother me in this in this. Well, that but. that that is the thing that I also am a little confirmed consumed about because like. Peter Parker's Aunt May dies, fine. In the, be- in the first Spider-Man, they all say about the losses they sustained. Yes. And she, to her, Peter Parker died, and then to him... Well, to him, Peter Parker died. Right, and in Miles's case, who died? Oh, no, Miles? no, Miles's case is his uncle, Uncle Aaron. Yeah, but he was a prowler, so... No, but he was uh, still... He didn't know that till the very end. Still a big figure in his right, life. Right, right. So it seems That's the then, tragedy. That's him bent over the top. That's what he says, you got to keep doing what you're doing. So that means then that it seems Spider-Man keep suffering, keep suffering mm. losses... Whether that's your dad or whatever or this, that. But then the Jake Johnson slobby Peter Parker, he's married now to Mary Jane. And they've got Mayday, the kid, who I was a bit concerned about seeing on the poster but was fine. I don't know. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have taken her on adventures no, if I, I was no, of him. of course not. That's silly. But she's a spider kid. So yeah. she's, she's obviously, you know, she's the one that points out the window. God. All right. So yeah, the amazing sequence action sequence and we see how it all plays out. Miles is the key. He was bitten. He started this whole thing. He's the reason the whole spider society exists because he was bitten by a um, spider from Earth 42. Yep. Which, as which we talked about, different, Peter Parker yep. died. So he's not meant to be. There's no Spider-Verse back in that, no Spider-Man back in that Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And hence when he winds up back there by the go-home machine, which is a great plot device I thought worked really, really well. Yeah. And was so clever that I missed it. Even though you should have seen it there. You should have seen it on the screen. Like, oh, it, it tracks to the DNA and sends you back to your home world. So they sent him back to the wrong... Wrong world. Brilliant little... I didn't see it coming. No, at all. Neither did I. And then so... Classic Gwen's gone. Gwen's gone back to his world and he talks. she talks to the parents and whatever else. And when you tell him, see, five months, that was a good running gag in the... His, uh, his grounding got up a lot higher oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the course of the film. And then she goes, I've only got one place to go to try to find him. And she goes basically to Jake Johnson or or that Peter Parker's world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and summons all the friends, and then all the themes, the music themes from all these different parts mm-hmm. of the movie all come together, including the drums. It's just fucking phenomenal. Now, and it ends on such a... Yes, it is to be continued. But I'll tell you what, I'm happy to wait nine months because I would not have wanted this film shortened by a minute. And then the next film, sandwich in a la Kill Bill kind of scenario. I'd much rather Kill Bill 1 and 2 scenario here. I'm so happy to wait. I just think you have to be aware. I told... My daughter already like you. When you watch this movie, you need to be cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger because she fucking hates that shit. She yeah. You feel robbed. You feel robbed. Sometimes. Back to the Future number two. As did I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but th- to 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 build on that note though, when Gwen Stacy is saying like you know, so and she's basically explaining I got my friends and we did this and we come back and then she's like and then we're gonna go back and do this and, and some, then she, help some old friends and bam there's Peter Porker and yeah. there's Spider Noir. That's right. Spider-Noir. And she turns around and she's like, "Can you join me?" Yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. I'm like, "Woo!" That was fucking cool. It was chills, man. Gwen Stacy's cool, motherfucker. She's great. So, like, that's the shit. I don't think, and you know, and that whole chase sequence through what's it? What's the new um, 
Nuva York or whatever it's called, where Miguel O'Hara is sort of yeah, world. Yeah. Oh my god, that was good, bro. The best thing about the the, the what are you doing? Why are you running? I got a plan. I'm told you yet. That was awesome. That's the thing, because all the way through that, I'm like, where the fuck does he think he's going, uh-huh. right? And you don't figure. out. And then he's on that train that goes up all the Spider Man and after yep. him. And the best thing about that sequence and what it does for the Miles character is that. Oh, he's actually a motherfucking gangster. He's because smart as fuck. each time that you see him normally on the previous movie and up to this, you get the you get the feeling he's winging it because he's like, "Well, I'm not quite sure what's going on." And then this is like, "No, no." As as soon as he left, he knew where he was going. He was going to lead him on a merry chase. I was going to be competent enough to jump off a train in the middle of the fucking whatever. He was get back before them. Yeah, the and then he was going to use the thing, bang, 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 and do it. And so I'm like, "Whoa, Miles is actually one of the smartest Spider-Man there is," and we never got to that. So it's very cool. I only have two things. And one was the cliffhanger, like, oh, okay. But I'm okay. I've come to terms with that. I really, really enjoyed it. You know, the other one is there's one moment, one moment in the film where I'm like, no. What? What? It's where the virtual spider person, yep, who's sitting at home on a virtual reality machine. Yeah, I didn't get that. She, they vibe, they have a little bit of a connection. Yeah. There's a nice little moment where Gwen thwaps him and pulls Miles away from her because they're starting to connect. Who thwapped him? So, so we need to go, and and Gawain goes. Oh, Gawain and yeah. drags Miles away. Like, oh, I, it didn't I play like... out that way. But I think that was a little bit of a moment of jealousy. No, like, it was. It was like, oh, okay, you're yep. getting too. So they're vibing there. a little bit, and then when he gets back, and she has the, the the moment to shut down this system, it's right there in front of her, and the system, and she doesn't. He looks at her really beggingly, yeah. play, plaintively, and she lets it happen. Didn't buy that off one exchange. <sighs> it has to happen for the movie. I get it. I just think they could have written that. A little better. Like, why does she don't have that moment between them? Just don't I, have, I even though, therefore, she's at the end when Gwen says, oh, "I've summoned a whole bunch of friends." She's there. I didn't mind that section because it's sort of if you think about like how that plays for the Miles character, it's like okay, well, Miles is a Miles has just showed us how clever he really is, yeah. and if it weren't for the fact that it looks like this other girl is sort of interested in him as well, Miles is just a guy who gets no pussy. So it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I, I get that he was charming enough to get her. And, well, and, uh, what, what we watched the whole exchange between them. There was nothing. Well, the point is, she digs him enough to wait one second before pressing a button. Mm. I think that's okay. She she dug him enough to not press a button, even though apparently the entire fabric of the universe is at stake. Yeah, but she's a young girl. Maybe she's stupid. You this know whole saying? theme then. <laughs> this whole theme then to to launch off that with another point is you know a little bit Terminator too. There's no fate what we make. So it's deterministic versus. No, no, I can change this. And Miles is saying, I can make this work. You've got to give me a shot. I'm going to force this future to be different. And it's not going to end the same way as it did for you, Miguel. The world's not going to end. So this is fascinating because it sets up... In a, there's an argument to say here, Miguel's a good guy. Miguel is most definitely the good guy. He's like Thanos, sort of. Well, but he's, I think he's more... No, he's much no, more No, he's pure. much more because he he's won't kill people. Pure, yeah, yeah. But he allows people to die, he won't kill them. Well, not even that. He's... He's trying to save all the multiverses. He's yeah. not asking to end half no, the multiverse to save the rest. He's not one bit the villain. All he's saying is one person has to die pretty much in every universe for the rest of the universe to continue. Exactly. So I would say he's not even remotely the villain. No, So, but it's it's interesting that he's kind of portrayed that way because he's big and he's imposing and he's scary. Good marketing ploy. Yeah. Because, oh, what, a bad guy is the Spider-Man? But then as you as you realize who the Spider-Man is, he's just humorless. But it sets up beyond the Spider-Verse to be so interesting. Like, how are they going to write themselves around this? I love the fact that Miles is like, no, no, I can do this. But is that just useful enthusiasm? I took it to be that way. Like, because like, he's got. He, if he successfully saves his dad, does that universe, does does his universe now die? Well, now that's a good question because the 
I initially, when you look at the way that this is couched, right? Miguel is like, look, I've seen this a million times. I myself tried to subvert the system yep. and couldn't have it happen. So the rule is you can't, you can't not pay the price. So if they do But say, Miles is like, fuck you, I'm doing it, cunt, and that's that. Say, but you, you want him to get out of there and you want him to have a chance at it. So that's that's the genius of this film. I'm, I'm legitimately caught between these two I don't know that I did, Paul. No, you didn't I'm, want him to get away? Well, I wanted to see how he got away, but like, I'm like, if he does this and it fucks everything else up now, Miles, you're the bad guy. But I, but I, I want him to have the chance. So that's what, for me, that's why this it works. This is Anakin so well. Skywalker all over again. He didn't want Padme to die, <laughs> so he's willing to let the entire everything fuck itself because of his selfish desires. Please never that's compare the, this film. I'm telling ever you, again to a fucking I'm telling you, film. The thing is, like, a, a, um, a purely motivated villain is still a villain. But it's a more interesting villain. I'm so fascinated to see what's going to go. Yeah, I know. Because if, if they either make this choice in the next movie, right? They either go, Miles did the thing and it still didn't kill everyone. So good for Miles. Or Miles pays the price like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to spin that as a, as a next movie? You yeah. know? Yeah. Do you end the trilogy on a dark note? That's woo. I think you got to... I think you got to... Yeah. I, that's a, it's a really good question. All By right. The way, anyway, I'll go. Donald Glover. Yes, little cameo there. Cameo in there. I was like, oh, because I think everyone knows the story about why Miles Morales happened. It's because of the community opening where Donald Glover turns up and wakes up in a Spider-Man outfit. And then the writer goes, I reckon they could be a cool Donald Glovery, you know, African-American Spider-Man. So they wrote the whole Miles Morales thing on him. And then he, he does a, a cameo as a prowler in Homecoming as the prowler because he's, the, he's the, yes, the dealer. And now he's Spider-Man in this movie. Fantastic. And then the spot... Launching into what was the Venom universe? Yeah, that was it. I, you, you, you were confused. That. I was like, I'm "Who like, the hell is that?" The, the woman from the Venom films. Yeah, right? I, I just I I forgot about Venom so much that I didn't know. Yeah, that's fair. That <laughs> is fair. There is no comparison between. All right, Wayne. We probably talked about this one long enough. One of our longest reviews on the podcast. What are you scoring? Spider hyphen man colon across the spider hyphen verse. Well, I guess I haven't. I can't really. <laughs> I, I can't pick anything wrong with it. So let's go with ninety five. Oh, is, it purely is, out this, of like, is this the highest score you've ever given? Probably. Wait. Probably. Wow. Because nothing was wrong with it, Paul. I mean, it might have been slightly long. It's five, at this point, five points. Wow. <laughs> I have a rule. Yeah, yeah, I see your rule. My rule is you can't score a film five stars off one viewing. You can't. You need to let it sit. You need to let it percolate. Right. You need to give it a second viewing. So I went and saw it again on Saturday. What? You saw it twice? With my family. I've already seen this film twice. Holy and I'm tits. scoring this as a 96. Oh, shit. Yeah, Five stars for Across the Spider-Verse. This, I think for me, oh. slightly, slightly, because I remember in our top eight films of the last Ooh. eight years, I, I bumped into the Spider-Verse to be five stars. Yeah. Here's my bold call. Here it is to wrap up this episode. If Beyond the Spider-Verse is a four-star or better film, this is the greatest trilogy of films ever made it's gonna be above four stars paul so here you are we are witnessing film fucking hit history as we sit here and, and talk it's about animated it. no less two five-star films one to come nothing's come close to that nothing in my world where i've only given less than 25 mm. five stars to films of i'm all gonna time. think about trilogies and see if we can we i can would love them. for you to prove me wrong all right. And then, you know what? Things like, even if you're like, oh, Indiana Jones. Boy, they fucked it's out the It's because of film. the fuck up. That could and have then, made it if it weren't f- for that. And I'm going to, again, I think I've said this already, but if the fifth film really does suck, as the early reports are saying, that has ruined that franchise forever because now it's a three and two franchise. Yeah, it is That ain't good. I agree. I agree. That ain't good. Um, so, yeah. 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 Here we are. Absolutely talking about one of the greatest films of all time. And I'm so, like, this 
reminded me why we do this podcast. This reminded <laughs> me about what cinema can do. Absolutely. I had such a time with this movie. Please go out and see Across the Spider-Verse as quickly as possible. Possibly and twice. Yes. Do what I've done twice. Wayne's considering it. I didn't even go and see it again. I got to see it again, Wayne. It's a lot of hours, bro. Yeah, man. All right, man. This is, I'm in. I'm in. All right, cool. That's All right, folks. our review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. What did you think? And dear God, you're not allowed to disagree. But if you do... <laughs> you're most definitely allowed to. But let's see how that works out for you. You can hit us up via email at thecountdownpodcast.gmail.com on Twitter at the Countdown PC. You can like and follow the show through Podbean we host. Check out our website, thecountdownpodcast.com for links to all the other shit that matters in our universe, the one that matters most. And finally, <laughs> the Facebook List community link is in the show notes to join the discussion about all things of spider people and beings beyond. and beyond. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And what a absolute 95 and 96, the highest score ever given in the history of the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the way. Eight years plus four months in. That is straight up something else. Yeah, yeah. How do I close that out with this? Indication! We'll catch you next time. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>